You are listening to the Women Offshore Podcast. I'm Christine McMillan, filling in for Ali Cedeno while she is on maternity leave. I'm an experienced manager and the program coordinator here at Women Offshore. Women Offshore is a 501c3 nonprofit organization supporting a diverse workforce on the water. New episodes of the Women Offshore podcasts are available every Tuesday. Subscribe on whatever platform you like to listen to podcasts on and be in the know about the latest topics related to diversity, equity, and inclusion within the maritime and offshore industries. Be inspired by the stories shared here. Thank you to the OGGN for their continuous support as our podcast producer. They have the best energy shows on their network. Today on the podcast, we have Claudia Hebert share her story of being a marine mammals observer. I also want to warn you that she does talk about harassment in this episode. I do recommend listener discretion. Here at Women Offshore, we hold these conversations with sincerity and openness and honesty. We also understand that it might not be the right time for you to hear this information. So please do what you need to do to take care of yourself. And when you're ready, come back and listen, and we'll be here to help you if you ever need to talk. Hi, and welcome to the Women Offshore podcast. Today I have Claudia with us calling in, and I am so excited to have this conversation with the Marine Mammals Observer Expert, and she's going to share her story and her experiences of her time at sea and how she's navigated this amazing career that she's had with a family and moving internationally, and I can't wait for you all to hear her story. Claudia, please introduce yourself. Hello. Thank you so much to invite me for this podcast. I'm so happy to be here. I think this podcast is so important with so many inspired informations and stories. So I'm very excited to share a little bit about my story as well. So tell me where you're from and where you're living now. Well, I am a marine biologist. I am from Brazil. And at the moment, well, since 2013, I live in Norway, in a small island with only 10,000 people. So it's very different from where I'm from, Rio de Janeiro, big city in Brazil. Was that a culture shock for you to move there? Yes, in a way, yes, but in another way, I was looking forward to get out from my comfort zone, so it has been a great experience to live here. That's amazing. So tell me about your early days of getting started as a marine mammal observer. So as a child, I always liked to be at sea, swimming, bodyboarding, kayaking, or snorkeling. And in the age of six, seven years, I decided to be a biologist. So working at sea and protecting the animals, I feel like a mission in my life. So in my second year of biologist graduation, I decided to volunteer as an internship in the Humpback Whale Project in Brazil. And this was a major change in my life. I had a chance to swim with wild animals. I had a chance to work with the whale watching. And it was the first time I came to work as a marine mammal observer in a seismic vessel. And in that time, I didn't realize that the seismic life would follow my career during all my life in one way. 
So during this time, I was a volunteer and scientists of the project said to me, now you are going to participate in the first monitoring project for humpback whales during the breeding season in Brazil. And I get into this seismic vessel without to know what was a seismic activity, without to know really what I was going to do. So I got this duty to observe the whales, and in case I see the whales, we were going to stop the activity. And what happened? We saw whales, we spotted the whales all the time. So we stopped the activities all the time. Wow. And the seismic crew could not work. Suddenly was everybody on deck watching the animals, <laughs> enjoying the beautiful show of the humpback whales. The potter chief was very angry and he just sent us out. <laughs> he said, F out for us, throw us outside the vessel. For me, it was everything an adventure to join the vessel, to get out of the vessel in the middle of the ocean. But since then, seismic activity was not allowed in this area because it's too many animals. And in Brazilian laws, it's not possible to develop seismic activities with too many animals around. Sorry, you were like so young and you stopped this operation from happening. And I mean, you were really, how did that feel to be like this young woman on this seismic vessel and trying to tell the project manager? Well, I was having fun, I must say. I didn't realize the big responsibility I had I was just 19 years old. So for me, it was, wow, I can go to this master, the highest point of the vessel, and I can see the animals. And I remember the first time I saw the humpback with baby, I just cried. And I was so happy to be there. I didn't care about what the part manager was saying, uh, very angry, walking around the deck and uh, screaming these F-words. And when he said, okay, we will stop the survey. We need to leave because we cannot do anything here since they are stopping the operation all the time. And then a small fishing boat came to pick up us and we needed to go down from the vessel in these small ropes, stairs. Wow, for me, it was just adventure. And uh, <laughs> I didn't realize also that that experience, how important was that experience for my future life? So after this time, I was just 19 years old, I came back to the university as a diver and in, in, in one way already biologist because I knew what I wanted of my life. I finished the university and just after I started a master's degree with bioacoustics, and my project was dolphin communication. So once more, I was in the right time, in the right place, with the right people, because the big seismic company started to work in Brazil, and they wanted only marine mammals experts working as marine mammal observers. So I got the first really good job of my life already as a marine mammal observer. In that time, 
marine mammal observer was alone in the vessel. And then it started the challenge because I was young, a young woman, and then I realized the responsibility to stop operation. So every time we see a marine mammal closer to 500 meters to the source, to the seismic source, we could, we should stop the activity. This is the legislation in Brazil. And I stopped the lines many times, all the time, because we have a high biodiversity of cetaceans in Brazil. And that's the law, and that was my job. So many times I got a nickname as the trouble girl on board. And I was just... <laughs> yeah, here comes the trouble girl. I didn't really care. I was just doing my job, you know. I have been always very serious about that, and I also feel how blessed I am to be able to protect these animals. So, yeah, it's just to stand up for what I believe is important. And I was employed to do that. So no chance to don't do it, of course. Yeah, it's such an important job to preserve these animals for our children to see, right? And so tell me more about how the evolution of your career and how it's changed and grown with time. Yeah, so during this time, I worked offshore for seven years. I took a chance to work in many kinds of vessels, rig vessels. I was almost like an alcoholic. I really liked the offshore environment. I like to be in touch with international, and I like to be with international people, multidisciplinary people. With so much we can change, so much we can learn. So I think the offshore environment gives you this opportunity. And as marine biologists, I also have a chance to work in different kinds of environmental projects. So in 2004, I had a great opportunity to work as a project coordinator and be employed directed by the energy industry, because in, in Brazil and here in Europe as well, you normally are employed by an agency. But in that project, I was in contact directed by the energy industry. And there was a great opportunity because I was starting my career as project coordinator. So... I came to this drilling vessel. It was the first drilling vessel I worked in my life. And then I realized the big difference between a drilling vessel and a seismic vessel in terms of size of the vessel, in terms of kind of people working offshore, and mainly the amount of people. And then I found out that I was me and the medic, the only women on board together with 150 men. And I thought it would be a great opportunity in my career. Unfortunately, during four weeks on board, I felt very insecure. I was feeling fear all the time because the guys was not respectful. 
For example, if I go to the gym to train, which is a very important activity for me to be with myself, to take care of myself, to have my health routine on board, I couldn't do it because the guys was there in the gymnasium just to look at me. So it was not healthy in terms of what I was feeling, how I was feeling. And then I decided to don't uh, don't go back. I gave this project to somebody else. And it's a very, I feel frustrated in one way because it happened just because I was a woman feeling fear for myself in a work environment. Yeah, you were in a position of power by that point working on that rig. What was your position? Yes, I was project coordinator, environmental project coordinator. But unfortunately, as woman, no power on board. Yeah, and I'm so sorry that you felt that way. And so that really kind of changed the trajectory of your career a little bit. Yeah, in one way, yes. But I also believe, okay, that's all right. Move on. So I continued my work as a marine mammal observer until I got pregnant. <laughs> Not really planned. I was already together with my partner, the father of my son. And then I worked offshore until the fourth month. And then I decided, okay, now it's time to take it easy and take care of my <laughs> pregnancy. So that's all right. I think nothing happens for nothing. That was experience to find out my way. And I like more to work just as marine mammal observer in one way. So when I get pregnant, after these four months, I decided to go back to school. I did the MBA. And then I started to work as project coordinator in the office. And it was also a great opportunity for me because I was responsible for the five environmental projects on board the seismic vessel in Brazil. And I have a chance to coach my team and to do everything. I always think that I should get before I start a good training and people explain to me how it is to work offshore, methodology, logistics. So I was like 24-7 for my team. I used to have a mobile and they could call me anytime. In the same time, that was very good feedback for my time offshore that I could now work in the way I wanted with my team. I was also missing good time with my son at home. And after two years, working really hard as project coordinator, we decided, me and my husband, we decided to move to Norway. And I think it was also a great time to me and great time for the family, this big change, because then I could be a full-time mommy and find out what I wanted to do. Because I, for me, this is not a rule. Every woman has your own way. But I wanted to be mom. I want to be with my son. So when he started the primary school, I got a job in a scientific institution here in Norway with deep sea life. And also, again, 
my uh, offshore background was very important because this project was related with the subsea technology. We wanted to find out what kind of subsea technology was important to improve the deep sea life monitoring. So once again, I started to work offshore, but in this time with onboard subsea vessels using ROVs to monitor the deep sea life. Yeah, and then I had the chance to work here in Europe to get to know all this new technology. So it was a great time. And just after this project finished, I got finance support from the Research Council of Norway and the Innovation Norway Innovation Agency. And we developed for three years another project, which was a bilateral network between Brazil and Norway professionals with subsea technology and deep sea research. And I organized scientific events here in Norway, in Brazil. It was great to get to know so many different kind of professionals again, multidisciplinary project, but always related with the offshore environment. But after three years, the founding ended and I started to work as Marine Mammal Observer again. So in 2020, I started a new project in the Persian Gulf and now I am working in the UK sector So have been, yeah, a great career, I must say. I'm very happy. Wow. So you came full circle from starting out as a 19-year-old volunteer, marine mammal observer, and now you're back there and running amazing projects. So can you give our community some advice on standing up for yourself when you're put into a difficult situation? Yes, I think it's very important to be sure what you are doing offshore, I think is important. We know our field work and also not afraid to ask because I feel very good cooperation from everybody offshore. People, I also think is important. I don't know. I am like that, curious about the other's work. So what you are doing and how you do, and then people start to open up for you, and then they will ask you about what you are doing, and then you build relationships. So I think it's very important to be open to the others. I think it's important to be curious I think we need to team work. You cannot isolate yourself when you are in the offshore environment. I think the teamwork, it's a must. If you have a good teamwork, you are happy on board and the time go fast. And then sometimes you can even build the relationships forever. I have uh, so many good friends from everywhere in the world that we keep in touch. So it's very interesting. And another thing is funny. For example, like last month, I was working offshore and a guy came to me and said, ah, we worked together in 2007. <laughs> so doesn't matter where you are, which sea you are, you will always meet the people again. It's a small world. So if you do a good work also, I think people will remember you. Yeah, that's great. Thank you for that advice. Claudia, can you tell me about a difficult 
situation you had and how you handled it? Yes, already in 2020, on the day the pandemic broke out, I arrived in Abu Dhabi and I went straight to 14 days quarantine to work as MMO on Persian Gulf. The world was in chaos and after, and for the first time in my life, I started an offshore project without a date to come back home as the world had its borders closed. So it was, in one way, a already stressful situation when you start a project and you don't know when the project will finish. But all right, that's the way it is. That was the way to survive this pandemic situation. When I arrived on the ship, the captain and the first mate, they started to flirt with me. And that's all right. But... The chief officer, one day he came and he touched my arm and I was very angry. And I said to him, don't do it. I don't like. The other day, the captain came behind me. He grabbed my hair and he sniffed at me. Oh, my God, I hated so much, but I was speechless at the moment. And I started to avoid to walk inside the bridge. But it's very difficult because it was very warm outside. I was in the Arabian area and I needed to, to take notes. I needed to use the equipment of the bridge to do my work. So one day the captain came inside the bridge and put his hands on my waist. Then I realized I could not just don't do that. Don't do nothing. I needed to stop it, him. I needed to stop this behavior. And I spoke loud and clear to him and to the first mate and to the engineer, to everybody who was inside the bridge. And I said, I don't want nobody to touch me. I don't see you till touching each other, I want you treat me how you treat each other. This is my work environment. I want to be respected as a professional. And this is the first and only warning. If anyone touch me again, I will report to the company. Then the big captain, he came walking in front of me and asked, who did this? And I replied, looking up to him, looking to his eyes, whoever did it knows. And the warning is for everyone. After that, the captain didn't speak to me for a week and the mate took it easy and we became friends on board. And I spoke to my boss what happened. She asked me if I wanted to be transferred to another vessel, but I prefer to give some time to see the change, and really nothing else happened. They stopped to touch me or to flirt with me. This episode in my life highlights the importance of being confident about the position of being an MMO, and the importance of being respected as woman, as a professional on board. It's not easy, but it's essential to speak out. So I think for me was make me stronger 
and I will always do it again. I will not accept nobody touch me if I don't want. Yeah, Claudia, thanks so much for sharing your story. I'm so sorry that happened to you. And I know that this is very common for women to experience this type of behavior. And thank you for providing us an example of what to do in a really difficult situation. Thank you. Thank you to give me the chance to share. I think it's important for young women on board know that they have the right to be happy as well. It's not because we are women that everyone can flirt or touching you. But I also have this feeling that the young guys, they behave better. <laughs> I think they are better educated in how to behave with the women on board. So there is a lot of hope. I think it's changing. Yes, I agree. We're seeing better behavior and we're hoping that we're making positive changes in the industry all the way around. So if anyone wants to learn more about the work you're doing or just being a marine mammal observer in general, is there somewhere they can go or do you have a website or LinkedIn where they could reach out to you? Yes. In Europe, you need to do a GNCC course to be a marine mammal observer or if you want to do the course for Pacific Acoustic Monitoring, you can find some online courses. I think it's very important to people that are interested in this field to study a lot, go to many websites nowadays about the marine mammals. And of course, anyone can connect with me on the LinkedIn and Yes, I think mostly is study, study, and look for courses. There are many courses, but you always need some certifications to get the jobs. Great. Is there anything else you want to mention to our community? Yes, I think it's great to work offshore. I think is experience for life. We learn so much about other cultures. We learn so much about be connected with the nature, the power of the nature. And we learn about how to relate with each other. So I used to say my advice to be a good offshore worker is be like a killer whale. Be creative to create your own survival strategies. Be resilient and bold and make waves. Oh, Claudia, I love that. Thank you. I hope we can all be like killer whales in our careers and go after them in big, bold ways. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that. <laughs> it's been a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you so much for coming on to the Women Offshore podcast today. And I can't wait to see what new and exciting things you're doing in the future. And hopefully we get a chance to talk again soon. Thank you so much. Have been a pleasure. I would like to talk so much. I love to be here and be part of this network with so many inspiring women. Thank you. Thank you, Claudia. Thanks for tuning in to the Women Offshore podcast. What did you think of the show? Leave a rating and review in Apple Podcasts. Additionally, if you want to propel women offshore forward, please visit womenoffshore.org or womenoffshore.shop 
make a donation, or purchase some swag. Until next time, stay safe out there, and I'll talk to you soon.